Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Brain Fuel. This is Jonathan Mancuso, your host. Um, in this discussion, I'd like to focus on something I was recently reading about called really power applications and more so um, power within a group dynamic. I think it's such a tricky topic. Anytime you talk about power, anytime you bring power up in a conversation, people tend to get uncomfortable. And I think that the word power has this uh, this bizarre message, right? This This factor of fear because we see power as an oppressive matter and we see power as this negative function within a business setting. But I can tell you that one thing is certain, that power is clearly defined as something that certainly adds structure, vision, and strength to a conversation, to a group dynamic. And what power ultimately does is allows a person to understand who they are, what they are, and where they stand. So, um, you know, these are some of those key discussions that I like to bring up in this this personnel within a group setting and two personnel within a group setting. and. Um, get a multitude of opinions. Uh, you know, we obviously know the positive impact of analytics um, across multiple business lines. But what I found quite interesting is recently I was reading something about uh, human resource analytics, and it's funny how power plays a role in this. Uh, HR analytics really focus on things like capability analytics, competency analytics, uh, leadership analytics, and so on. Um, but while many of those personal or professional attributes are partially quantifiable, you know, how do you measure or teach or even learn power in its application, right? A lot of people apply power in such a misused and wrong way. How do you identify the right person for it with that kind of power? And also, how do you learn how to apply power? And this really applies oftentimes to young professionals entering the workforce because there's a sense of confusion of how to penetrate and engage with, with certain key personnel, of, you know, in, in high-ranking officials or, or even your entry-level positions. Um, but anyway, so how we go back to power, you know, how do you teach and learn power applications? So this is a question that often comes up uh, and really few people like to answer. But what I'm curious to see is, you know, obviously is power the result of, um, is power the result of association with another leader? You know, is power the result of our experience, emotional intelligence, or is power simply a way to demonstrate the value of a role and the status it may hold? There's so many different bizarre power applications. And one study that I think really uh, highlights this in particular is The Effective Use of Power by Benfari Wilkinson and Orth. A really good read. I highly recommend it. Again, that is The Effective Use of Power by Benfari Wilkinson and Orth. Um, a very interesting read that uh, provides a holistic view on the positive effect and negative implications of power. Essentially, in the eyes of leadership, power is seen as the influential tool that can persuade someone shift organizational dynamics, help develop people, and provide the right kind of guidance and motivation. So really power is seen as this great tool, right? But within that same document, the, there are certain different types of power applications. And what was really interesting was the behavior basis of power. Uh, and in this case, uh, they offer distinct outlook on obviously how people and how power apply is applied and how it fits within a variation of context. But what I found most interesting in this uh, research study was the method through which we learn how to apply power, uh, specifically within group settings. So you can think about academically, right? Group projects, uh, group research uh, documents, uh, or within a team setting, right? If you're an athlete and you think about your group dynamics on the field or on the court or wherever that may be, it's important to understand um, leadership, power applications, and how to obviously uh, release that in a positive way and how to encourage that in a, in a specific way. So power in a group setting is quite tricky and complicated. However, fostering, uh, in my opinion, a functional and effective group dynamic uh, requires a certain set of expertise and leadership abilities. I really think that people learn how to apply power with experience and practice. But beyond that, while a group power setting is meant to cultivate a diverse thought process and varying sets of opinion, I do believe, however, that it depends on the heads in the room. 
Uh, too often are we surrounded by people of a large caliber and a leadership capacity, directors, VP, whomever that may be, and our opinions may shift within that meeting or how talkative we are, or how we express our thoughts may shift. And oftentimes power is seen as the oppressive uh, aspect of it. But what I want to encourage is to really think about it, you know, listen to this podcast, think about power applications and how you apply, apply that within your, your regular group uh, dynamics. Um, you know, I've been exposed to several group power settings. Each one served, uh, you know, the function of identifying a solution. So think about a work project. But in like a game of chess, uh, if you move one or two pieces within that room, the dynamics really shift entirely. So oftentimes, you know, high-ranking professionals, the veteran status, the extrovert, uh, the talkative person within the group, they can appear to be the louder voices in the room that oftentimes trump any chance of homogenous group discussion. Uh, however, there are, are some managers and directors that have shown a certain degree of expertise in regard to, to obviously cultivating a great environment, right, um, and, and fostering strong group dynamics. With that being said, you know, I really felt the need to kind of analyze group settings that I've been surrounded by and group settings that I've been a part of. Uh, I feel the need to share what I've experienced. I think it's important to kind of talk through some of these things and what I've considered to be uh, one of the best practices of group power dynamics. Uh, to simplify this process, you know, I don't want to generalize this, right, because this may not apply to every setting, but I've decided to isolate uh, and analyze a standard group meeting. Uh, think about your regular Monday morning meetings or whatever meetings those may be, uh, which aside from team projects or any other type of collaborative work, they really are the env environment within each power, uh, excuse me, within power is commonly misused. I've been exposed to meetings with dynamics that were obviously abrasive, unstructured, or you know, lacked purpose, lacked goals, um, and, and really limited input from the personnel. Well, you, know, you may now ask, what is the best method to correct this? Well, I think that the answer is easy. I think that as we talk about anything we try to accomplish in life, uh, and especially within the group dynamics, look at your meetings, right? I think the answer is easy. I think you need to define the purpose, establish a structure and listen. Listening is at the epicenter of the world, in my opinion, and the only way you actually identify solutions is listening, no matter who you are, right? Um, so I've always seen the ideal meeting or group dynamic split into three polished phases, and you may want to write these down. I really think that there's a lot of value in this. Look at a meeting. Again, we're isolating the meeting as a great tool to understand group power dynamics, but a meeting should have a pre, a during, and a post phase. These are those three key, key elements. In the pre-meeting, the leader, whomever the person is setting this meeting, should have clear uh, designed, a clear goal-driven agenda. That's, the, that's really the, the purpose of a meeting, right? Is to identify the goals and, and execute a strategy, excuse me, understand the strategy for those goals. So setting a clear goal-driven agenda. Second thing would be, you know, tasking key personnel with research and data points. This is how you now bring opinions into a meeting, bring experts and expert thoughts from each department within the meeting, because then those directors or those people uh, that lead each department can now get their own individual meetings together to obviously collect enough data, enough, enough uh, information to share within this larger group setting. Um, the same personnel should be really tasked with conceptualization, you know, come up with those creative ideas. A meeting shouldn't be the point in which we just throw stuff against the wall and, and see if it sticks. The meeting should be a point in which we've clearly defined key statistics, key metrics, key methods through which we can execute something, and then we brainstorm on which makes the most sense, right? So again, this is all pre-meeting. And then pre-meeting, obviously, uh, 
it's funny, everybody forgets to do this, but you should draft what your post-meeting tactics look like. So what is step one through five or step one through 10 or 20, however many steps you want to establish. Obviously, the less there are, the more compelling of a story you can, you can say, right? You can have. But understanding that the pre-meeting should also include the follow-up strategy. So drafting that post-meeting tactic overview is a tactful overview is extremely important. So now we enter the room, right? Now we're in our meeting setting. So if you think about power applications in pre-meeting, you've now opened it up to the entire universe of personnel that's involved. Now everybody has their own version of power applications, group dynamics, fostering that collective agreement, agreements on, on multiple things. Um, and encouraging their group dynamics to kind of evolve and shift and, and really provide that key feedback and input to a group project. Uh, and now you've got your, your in-meeting dynamics. The in-meeting should really focus on reemphasizing your goals, you know, identifying that strategy uh, and the identification of the why factor. Uh, too often forgotten, it, it's extremely important to understand the purpose of the meeting primarily, but also the purpose of the project. If you can't say why you're doing something, it really doesn't tell a compelling story as to why something should actually happen. So understanding that uh, identifying purpose is key, and that's something that would occur within meeting, right? Understanding the strategy that you're going to apply and why you're doing so. And by now, obviously, extensive research has been done uh, by each person a part of this meeting, and each person has conducted uh, research with key personnel, right? Their own departments or their own uh, their own personnel, uh, and sharing findings at this point is extremely pivotal. Pivotal because you will now allow for alternative solutions, and and obviously you can check for leaks. So in a group dynamics, the meeting, the pre-meeting seems to be obviously one of the most fundamental things because it really sets the tone. And like I was saying earlier, you know, you should define the purpose, establish the structure and listen, right? So now the pre-meeting has created that launching pad. You're in meeting, you've now outlined things that you wish to accomplish and your findings. And now you talk about post-meeting. The project manager, VP, director, whomever this person is, should then set individual time aside with department heads or which each member within this group setting to digest the breadth of the project and to do brief deep dives. This now allows the leader in this meeting, say that is the VP, go back to what I said earlier. If you are surrounded by key personnel in a room, they may skew your decision making, the way you answer, the way you address things because they may be the most talkative, the extrovert, uh, the high ranking leader. So a person may feel uncomfortable sharing their thoughts in that environment. But in turn now, you're doing group dynamics that are beyond the in-person meeting. So you're doing post-meeting get-togethers, right? Let's call them deep dives for the sake of saying, which now allows each person to speak directly to this, this leader, this person in this leadership role, right? Now you're opening the world up to more conversations, to more comfortable, unique, one-on-one -on -one type dynamics, which I think really foster a great relationship. It shows care toward the person and obviously the project the forefront of everything we are developing others to in turn develop us right so the post meetings discussions and the deep dives play a, a great role in this so each component of the structure really is specifically designed um, and assigned to a person or department allowing the experts in each role to really provide insight conduct the necessary research uh, and, and receive alternative input from other individuals I find this to be very effective. So let's recap this for a brief second. Understanding that it, within a group dynamics, there will be different types of power applications, some negative, some positive. A meeting should not be geared to simply identifying a solution. A meeting should be geared toward gathering input. But what's important is understanding that in a pre-meeting setting, we must set those key metrics, those agendas, those goals to ensure that we stay on track. 
because in meeting we want to make sure that we are focusing on the purpose of which we're meeting, the purpose of the project, to then follow that up with smaller group dynamic type meetings to conclude and wrap up and make sure that we've checked for leaks on all fronts. So don't be afraid to talk about power. Feel comfortable in a group dynamic and a group environment and stay strong. This is, uh, these are uncertain and untreaded waters, especially now within the COVID environment. So power applications and group settings tend to be limited, right? Um, but you can certainly stay on track if you follow these steps. Just design your pre, during, and post and understand that it is important in a group dynamic to focus heavily on defining the purpose, establishing a key structure, and listening to your peers and your leaders.